0: Acupuncture, it helps the energy move smoothly through body, mind, and spirit. So it definitely addresses psycho, emotional, or spiritual issues. uh, And that includes what we would call depression, anxiety, um, uh, even things like PTSD, spiritual uh, crises even um, because acupuncture recognizes that the spirit is absolutely linked to the body and so by placing a needle in an acupuncture point we are not only affecting the body we're affecting the mind and the spirit as well uh and in an acupuncture treatment again it's not only the needles but the the explanation of the philosophy that's part of the treatment i'll give you an example um somebody who has gone through a divorce and who is in tremendous pain from that divorce uh, In Chinese medicine, what we understand is a divorce is like having your heart ripped apart, right? That your heart was joined with your partner and a divorce rips the heart apart. And so there's an actual physical um, uh, aspect to this pain that you're feeling and by Explaining that to a patient, it's like, you know, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Like, my heart has been ripped apart. So it, it, the philosophy, the needles, you know, everything is uh, it, really, it, it is tremendously helpful.
1: Acupuncture is an ancient practice that began over 3,000 years ago in China. Today, it continues to be used as a vital healing modality, including at our clinic, where we are lucky to have two incredible acupuncturists. While we know its inherent value, how exactly does acupuncture work? What conditions is it best for, and is there any research on its effectiveness? Today's conversation with Professor Heidi Most is all about how acupuncture works and the current research on how it benefits a myriad of conditions. Heidi is an acupuncturist with more than 20 years of experience in the acupuncture field, including as a teacher at the university level, as an acupuncture researcher, and a private practitioner. She has a deep love and admiration for East Asian medicine and how it can improve the medical system in the United States and the health of all people worldwide. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co founder of Capital Integrative Health. This is a podcast dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness. Please enjoy this insightful conversation with Heidi on the incredible research behind acupuncture's effectiveness and how acupuncture can benefit your healing journey. All right, we'd like to welcome Heidi Most, who has a doctorate of acupuncture from Maryland University of Integrative Health. Thank you so much, Heidi, for coming on today to our podcast. Thanks,
0: and thank you for having me.
1: So, as you know, you're an expert in Um, research and and acupuncture. You're um, a a practitioner yourself as well. Uh, First, Heidi, let's talk about kind of what drew you to become an acupuncturist.
0: Well, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I had really all my life been interested in Eastern philosophy, and I read a lot about it in high school and in college. But I embarked on a career as an urban planner and worked in that career for 20 years, and eventually ended up at the American Cities Building in Columbia, Maryland. And um, while working there on the sixth floor, I noticed that everybody who got onto the elevator at the first floor looked very happy. And I wondered, what is going on on the first floor? (laughs) So I (laughs) investigated, and I found that there was an acupuncture school there. And I really knew nothing about acupuncture. They put out a magazine at that point, at that time, And uh, I started reading the magazine and I felt that uh, whoever was writing the magazine had a lot of wisdom and it really resonated with me and my love of Eastern philosophy. So I explored it more and I ended up quitting my job as an urban planner and going to acupuncture school at the age of forty-five. So, uh,
1: later in life. Nice. And let's talk about how you would describe how acupuncture works to someone who is new to that.
0: Right. So, my elevator speech is that very basically acupuncture helps our energy flow more smoothly. When our energy doesn't flow smoothly, pain or disease in the mind, body or spirit, can result therefore acupuncture can address many many different conditions just by helping our energy move more smoothly where it's supposed to go when it's supposed to go
1: are we talking about chi or is that that's something else when 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 uh, you're talking about energy yes
0: so uh, chi is one way to uh uh, is a word that we use to describe energy in the body absolutely got it yeah
1: well let's talk about a, a listener that maybe hasn't hasn't had acupuncture before or is kind of wondering um you know where are they putting the needles you know things like that what is it like to experience acupuncture
0: so it's different for each person um, but a basic acupuncture treatment uses very fine, solid acupuncture needles uh, uh, in specific acupuncture points in the body. These are not hypodermic needles that you would see in a Western medical office. They're very, very fine needles. And when inserted, people may feel a pinch or a vibration or Uh, maybe even slight pain, but it's very momentary. Um, Some people can actually feel the energy move in the body after the needle is put in and can even trace that energy uh, along a specified meridian. It's pretty miraculous, actually. Other people might not feel anything or, um, or be able to trace the energy. Um, so uh, some people, and, and with some conditions, will feel immediate relief after the acupuncture treatment. And for other people, it might take several treatments for them to feel some kind of difference That something is happening.
1: Now, acupuncture needles, from my understanding, used to be kind of reused after after being cleaned, um, you know, decades ago. But now nowadays, we use sterile, single-use needles. Correct?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely right.
1: Yes. And for those of watching on YouTube, I got the uh, some needles here, just a little show and tell. But um, yes, uh, any, any thoughts about that? I know some people are wondering about needles because, you know, people have different things that pop up in their brain when they, when they hear the word needle, right?
0: Right, right. So um, all acupuncturists in the United States are licensed and we have to abide by certain rules and regulations. One of them is that we must use sterile, single-use needles, uh, and we must use clean needle technique, which means that our whole procedure is done very carefully under very clean and antiseptic uh, um, conditions. Uh, so, yes.
1: Yes. I, I think that's that's great. Thank you. And um... Let's talk about the history for a sec. So how long has acupuncture been around? Um, I know I've seen some cartoons with, like, someone, you know, these, like, funny cartoons of people putting needles in woolly mammoths and stuff, but just... (laughs)
0: Yes. I like those cartoons. Um, I think humor is a wonderful form of medicine. Yes. Um, But in terms of the uh, history of acupuncture, you know, whole books have been written on this, but I can summarize it in a few sentences. Um, It developed approximately 3000 years ago in China. uh, And the practices were eventually written down in a, one of our first classics called the yellow emperor's classic of internal medicine in chinese it's called the wang di neijing and um, so that really codified this practice that had been going on for a couple of thousand years before that that book was written approximately 100 bc uh, and that book codified the Uh, energy pathways called meridians in the body and points along these meridians that could be used to affect the energy in the body. Uh, And it uh, talked about the basic physiology um, of Chinese medicine, as well as the basic philosophy of this medicine, which is really that body, mind, and spirit are linked, uh, and one will affect the health of the other, uh, and that as human beings, we are linked to our environment and to the universe, really, so that we are all connected. Uh, and we are all interconnected. Uh, so that philosophy is really important in the uh, uh, art of, of this medicine.
1: Yes, that's so beautiful. Um, I think sometimes in the West we lose sight of the fact that we're connected and interconnected, and and this idea of acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, kind of teaching or reteaching us that we are connected, and and you know our bodies are, you know, our our body has connections even within itself, you know, through these meridians. Let's say, um, I I think that one thing when I was doing uh, some training in medical acupuncture anyway, was um, how this idea of you can actually affect different parts of the body that, that are distant from the acupuncture point, you know, through through those, you know, activation of the meridians. Um, for instance, something like large intestine four, which is on the hand for, say, headache or pain or something, right? It's sort of like, how will that affect the, the head? But it does, you know, it somehow affects it. So, Kind of want to get into a little bit now um, just, um, just before we get into like research, which I think is the main point here um, to kind of discuss with with people. but um, talking about pulse reading because I think people might have a question about how uh, you know in the in the West of course, there's sort of like it's usually just a, a, a mono mono pulse. It's just like did, did someone have a pulse or not? you know or like how fast is the pulse? you know things like that or is it irregular or, irre- or, regular or irregular? How does pulse reading work in traditional Chinese medicine? How, how would you use it as an acupuncturist?
0: Right. Well, uh, first I want to step back and say that pulse reading is part of the four inspections in Chinese medicine. So the four inspections are our diagnostic tools, and they include seeing or looking at the patient, and that might include looking at their posture, how they present themselves, how they move, and especially looking at their tongue. So that's all part of, oh, I'm looking at their skin, you know, looking at the general condition of their body. So looking is the first of the four inspections. Then smelling and hearing, so listening to the sound of the patient Hmm. uh, and uh, actually uh, discerning body odors. That's also part of the uh, four inspections. The third is um, asking. So asking questions of the patient. And the fourth is palpation. So palpating the body, palpating the meridians, Um, palpating the organs, as well as palpating or feeling the pulses. So the four inspections are our diagnostic tools. We don't rely on fMRIs or uh, x-ray machines or blood tests or uh, really expensive tests. We use our own senses to discern information from the patient Um, Specifically, well, many people say that tongue diagnosis and pulse diagnosis are two of the most important parts of the four inspections, and they have been developed to a really high art. Um, So specifically with pulses, there are six pulse positions on each wrist. 12 in all, and those 12 relate to what we call the 12 officials or the 12 organs in the body. Slightly different, but related to uh, the Western named organs. Um, And by reading the pulses, and as you said, not just the rate of the pulses, but uh, the shape of the pulses. Are they uh, thin or are they wiry or are they uh, um, strongly pulsating? Are they wide? Are they narrow? Uh, where do you feel them on the wrist? Uh, how fast are they? How slow that's uh, rate. But um, all of these things allow us to discern, not only the health of the chi in the body, but the health of the other substances in the body, which include blood and body fluids, and the health of the organs themselves. So putting this information together then, all of the information from the four inspections allows me as an acupuncturist to diagnose my patient and to come up with a treatment strategy and then a treatment plan uh, for that treatment. So, uh, and I'll just add that this process is undertaken at the beginning of every visit because we as people are not static we change um we change in all kinds of ways in relationship to our environment in relationship to what we eat uh, and how that affects our our bodies Uh, so we're constantly changing and therefore an acupuncturist will do go through this process at the beginning of every treatment in order to discern where are you at now, and what treatment will help you the most?
1: I want to repeat that point. I think it's so important that people are not static; that they're dynamic. Energy is changing. You know, the the flow of the chi or energy is kind of kind of moving through the body and and changing at different points. I know even for for me, just personally, um, when I see my acupuncturist and um, you know mid treatment, he might check the pulse, and it might change. So then he might he might sort of midstream, you know, change what points he'll take and stuff like that. Is that, is that kind of a common thing there?
0: Absolutely. Uh, thank you for saying that, that we don't just take the pulses at the beginning. We can take them in the middle of treatment to see what the result, you know, mm-hmm. of our needling is. And then we always take them at the end to determine, did my treatment help?
1: So um, let's talk about some, some research now, because I know a lot of people have heard of acupuncture. They may have even even tried it a bunch of times. But um, what are some of the primary conditions that, that you found uh, clinically that acupuncture is helpful for? And maybe you can kind of get into, introduce us to a little bit about um, acupuncture research as well.
0: Right. So there's a huge body of acupuncture research. Let me just say that we're very lucky as a complementary medicine, because we're probably one of the best researched of all the complementary medicine modalities. Um, uh, That research started in the, you know, really very early history of acupuncture uh, through case studies that were written, uh, you know, in 300, 400, uh, AD. Uh, So uh, case histories were were our first research on acupuncture. Um, uh, Clinically, I have seen acupuncture help with an absolutely huge variety of conditions. So I'll talk about it more from a research perspective. There is very strong evidence for the like 12 conditions, which include allergic rhinitis. So allergies, stuffy nose, stuffy face, stuffy sinuses, uh, chemo induced nausea and vomiting Chronic low back pain, uh, headache, uh, which can be either tension type or chronic headaches, knee osteoarthritis, migraine prevention, postoperative nausea and vomiting, uh, and postoperative pain. And that comes from the Acupuncture Evidence Project, which reviewed um, acupuncture for over 14 clinical areas they found evidence for 117 conditions and the conditions i listed are just the ones that have the strongest evidence but you know as i said acupuncture can be used for just about uh any sign and symptom because it has to do with balancing energy so uh, uh, it doesn't work on everyone for everything but it can be very helpful in a huge number of conditions
1: yeah i must think in terms of at least just to distill it down you know more conventional medicine is about you know doing something externally to the body in a way and a lot of integrative modalities, which I would say acupuncture would be in that category, help to, um, you know, the body to kind of balance itself. Would that be an accurate statement? Absolutely. Yes,
0: that's yeah. a very accurate statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh we often talk about the patient practitioner relationship as being very important. And of course that's yeah. true in any encounter with a patient and a doctor, that the relationship is so important. And you know, that has been shown in Western medicine as well that um, uh, how the patient and the practitioner relate to each other absolutely affects the outcome of the treatment. And you can call that placebo effect if you want, but whatever it is, you want to promote healing for the patient in whatever way you can and developing a relationship is certainly part of that process.
1: That that's so important. Uh that that energy flow, right, between the practitioner and patient is part of what what where the healing, you know, happens and all that. Yeah.
0: I just have to mention that there is some fabulous research done by Vitali Napadao, Um uh using fMRI machines. And he actually put a patient in one fMRI machine and a practitioner in the other fMRI machine. And they knew each other. Uh And, And you can see through their brain activity, how the patient was impacted by the practitioner, Really fun. That's reason.
1: cool. I think they have that for people and their dogs too, don't they? I think they have. They might have something like that.
0: Uh, they could. I don't know that. that yeah.
1: um, I, I want to talk about some of the conditions we see, you know, um, very commonly. Besides the, the the more evident ones that that have a lot of research behind them, um, we see a lot of people with with gut issues. Say, let's say, irritable bowel syndrome, or something, or bloating can acupuncture be helpful for gut issues
0: oh yes absolutely but i want to say first of all in the united states acupuncturists cannot treat western diseases so i cannot hang out a shingle you know or advertise that i treat irritable bowel syndrome okay uh so acupuncturists cannot treat western diseases however we can treat the signs and symptoms that patients suffer from. So, uh, if somebody comes to us and says, "You know, I've got a lot of pain in my stomach and my gut. I've got alternating uh, diarrhea and constipation. Um, I have a tremendous amount of gas. I can't eat certain foods." Uh, we that can be a number of what we call patterns in Chinese medicine. Um, uh, so disharmonies in the organs or the substances and by going through our four inspections we will determine what pattern it is and treat those signs and symptoms
1: that that's a really good point let's let's actually um kind of drill down on that a bit Heidi so it sounds like similar to functional medicine there's a root cause of root disharmony to various. Pathology, so something we might label, you know, in Western medicine as IBS, it might actually be a variety of different, you know, overactive energy or chi or deficient or different areas, right? It sounds like.
0: Exactly. Got got, got it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um... You know, as I said, chi is part of, is one of the five substances in the body. So there's jing, which is our essence, kind of what we grew from, body fluids, which help moisten the body, blood, which is similar to our Western conception of blood, but blood also contains the spirit, so it's a little different, chi, and then shen, which is our spirit. And so... Um, uh, and as I said, the 12 organs. So when we die and the 12 meridians or channels. So when we diagnose a condition like, you know, alternating diarrhea and constipation and pain in the gut, um, we are diagnosing something, a disharm- well, some kind of disharmony in the substances in the organs and in the channels.
1: Now, just to give some perspective, in in China and elsewhere, um, is it is it true that that an acupuncturist or a, a TCM doctor, say in China, will be able to treat quote unquote pathology? Right. I mean, is is it more of a legal thing in the U.S.? Yes. Okay.
0: It, it is more of a legal thing. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, and what about um, how would you describe uh, some of the mental health conditions we're seeing a lot more? Right now, during this pandemic here, like things like anxiety or depression or just like, oh, you know, overabundance of stress. How, how does acupuncture fit in? How could acupuncture help those type of, you know, disharmonies?
0: Right. Acupuncture, because it helps. Uh, uh, it helps the energy move smoothly through body, mind and spirit. So it definitely addresses psycho-emotional or spiritual issues. uh, And that includes what we would call depression, anxiety, um, uh, even things like PTSD, spiritual uh, crises even, um, because acupuncture, recognizes that the spirit is absolutely linked to the body and so by placing a needle in an acupuncture point we are not only affecting the body we're affecting the mind and the spirit as well uh and in an acupuncture treatment again it's not only the needles but the the explanation of the philosophy that's part of the treatment. I'll give you an example. Um, Somebody who has gone through a divorce and who is in tremendous pain from that divorce. Uh, In Chinese medicine, what we understand is a divorce is like having your heart ripped apart right Mm -hmm. that your heart was joined with your partner Mm -hmm. and a divorce rips the heart apart and so there's an actual physical um uh aspect to this pain that you're feeling and by explaining that to a patient it's like you know Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Like, my heart has been ripped apart. So the philosophy, the needles, you know, everything is... really it it is tremendously helpful in treating.
1: Yeah. So it's physical, but it sounds like also mental, emotional, spiritual, like even the shen and everything gets affected by, by something traumatic like that.
0: It's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected, you know?
1: So, um, I do have, we do have two, um, Rabbit pandemic pets at home. So I like to go down these rabbit holes. If you don't mind, (laughs) I've thought about this while you're talking about PTSD. Um, Do you ever find, or do you ever, you know, see people use kind of some of those dragons treatments for PTSD? I think the internal and external dragons. Right. That's right.
0: Right. So the internal and external dragons are specifically a treatment under the Worsley J.R. Worsley five element acupuncture tradition. Okay. They are not a uh, part of TCM or other traditions. Okay. So, uh we talk about the dragon treatments uh, uh and as part of JR Worsley five element treatments, but there are similar treatments in other Uh, schools of thought in acupuncture. So there are something called the ghost treatments uh, from Sun Simiao, who lived in 700 AD. All of these types of treatments recognize that sometimes as individuals, we can become possessed. Um, And then it can be as simple as being possessed by by an idea even that's a form of possession Mm -hmm. um but also uh a recognition that some traumatic thing can happen and take over our spirit you know like a traumatic event um uh, of any type either in war or, um, you know, a traumatic childhood event can co- happen and take over our spirit. And there are uh techniques in acupuncture that are used to help release that trauma from the body,
1: yes. And I believe one of our, our guests, Dr. French, was talking about how, how 60 it's estimated that about 60 percent of of us have experienced one or more ACEs uh, adverse childhood events. So certainly very common. Let's talk about kids and and I think uh, different populations. Um, Is acupuncture safe for kids? Is it safe for pregnant women? Are there any sort of limitations, you know, when acupuncture shouldn't be used, things like that?
0: Right. Um, Acupuncture is really generally safe and effective. Um, For pregnant women, I would recommend... Um, uh, seeing a practitioner who is experienced working with uh, pregnant uh, with pregnancy, um, because there are some points that are actually thought to induce uterine contractions, and we don't want that to happen prematurely. Uh, right. you can you certainly can receive acupuncture during pregnancy. Um, for people who have bleeding disorders who are on blood thinners, acupuncture may um, uh, mean that there you would be a little slightly more prone to uh, more bleeding or bruising. But even in those cases, it's very slight. So I, I wouldn't really say that that's a contraindication. If you have a pacemaker. Uh, You should not receive electroacupuncture, which is when you put a little electrical pulse on the needle. Um, And so, you know, acupuncture is generally considered very safe with very few side effects, which means that you really should consider acupuncture before you consider uh, surgery or other types of uh interventions that may have a lot of side effects uh so yes that
1: that makes a lot of sense um trying to go towards the the things that that are uh, uh, you know safer with not as many side effects you know first and then if needed go to go to something something else later certainly there's a role for surgery but it would be you know down the line probably not first line for most conditions i would say Right. Um, we're, we're we're probably not going to rush everyone to the OR in the first first line. Hopefully, right. Um, so so also um, so you brought up a good point about about how it's safe for everyone. Um, what about people that are trying to get pregnant? You know, they might have infertility and things like that, or um, you know, maybe we wouldn't call it a medical diagnosis, but basically just interested in fertility. Um, is there any research on acupuncture to improve fertility and kind of boost those chances?
0: Yeah. So uh, actually this gets into some of the drawbacks of research. Um so uh, uh, the uh, the research on fertility with acupuncture kind of is fraught because there was a protocol developed early on and It was shown to be helpful in this one study, and then it was replicated and not shown to be particularly helpful, but then as shown to be effective once, everybody started using this protocol, and it really is not a very effective protocol, but because it had evidence, people were using it. So this is an area where I would say, there are problems in the research. But certainly what acupuncture does do is, um, first of all, help somebody feel much more relaxed uh, and less anxious about the whole process, which can help infertility. It can help build the substances of the body, especially blood, which is very important in uh, in uh, conceiving. Um, so there are there are certainly strong case studies on acupuncture helping infertility, um, and I have had the experience of uh, assisting patients who have wanted to get pregnant um, and, and have had very positive results.
1: Yes. I, I've also found that to be the case when people are going to acupuncture, they, they often have their fertility, you know, improved or, uh, you know, they end up delivering a healthy child and everything. So that's so great.
0: I I just want to add the, the protocol that I was referring to specifically was for the use with IVF.
1: IVF. Okay. got, Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of, let's say, you know, someone's laying on the table, they've done their the four types of analyses, and they're about to get acupuncture. How long is the acupuncture treatment normally, and how often do people need to go back to see results? You know, how what's the duration that people would recommend? And right. I, I know it's kind of a loaded question, so... Um, not, loaded. No, <laughs> not
0: loaded, not <laughs> loaded, uh, depends on the condition, so acute conditions, say if I have a, a sprain uh, or I've pulled my back out or uh, or I have a cold, um, uh, that's an acute condition, it came on quickly, um, doesn't have a history. Um, Generally, acupuncture is done more frequently in those cases. So uh, you know, if you can see a patient once a day for three three days uh, and kind of knock it out of the body. So that would be for an acute condition more frequently, um, uh, more frequent treatments. Uh, and uh, generally an acupuncture session lasts about an hour. Uh, It could be shorter if you're doing like three treatments in a row, um, once Mm a day in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, For more acute conditions, it's generally once a week. And generally, we say about six weeks. And what I tell my patients is at the end of six weeks, we will review your progress together. And it's up to you to see if you are satisfied, you the patient, to see if you're satisfied with treatment. So at the end of six weeks, we will come to a decision about, do we continue this? Do we start stretching out the treatments perhaps? You know, it's a decision that is made between the patient and the practitioner.
1: I, I love how, how acupuncture as a holistic modality puts the patient at the center of their care, right? They're really the CEO of their own health, and and we're we're partnering with them as clinicians. Right. But I, I really love that about about acupuncture, um, and yeah. So I, I think we've kind of provided a broad overview here, and and you've you've done a, a thank you so much for um, kind of talking about the research about you know j- acupuncture in general. Um, you know, it's definitely something where I, I think a lot more people are you know trying acupuncture. I think it is one of the most widely used modalities here in terms of complementary medicine or integrative health that, that you know, certainly we see in our clinic. But I think statistically, too, I think the NCCIH has some statistics on acupuncture. It's definitely one of the, the most widely used um, treatments. How does acupuncture fit in with, say— like moxibustion or herbs or other parts of TCM? Like, can you just give, give us an overview of some of sure. the other
0: parts? Yeah, acupuncture is really only one part of what we're now calling East Asian medicine. So acupuncture itself has different techniques. I've mentioned electroacupuncture. We might use uh, an herb on the skin to warm the point. That's called moxibustion. We can use something called guasha. Uh, where it's a kind of, uh, not massage, but a way of uh, body work uh, to uh, help uh, uh, release stagnation. Uh, So there are many different techniques that we can use within acupuncture itself, but East Asian medicine includes much more than acupuncture. Uh, uh, It includes herbal medicine, Uh, or it can include herbal medicine. It always includes dietary advice. Chinese dietary therapy is very specific and can treat uh, the same patterns that we diagnose. Uh, We use acupuncture to treat those patterns and dietary therapy. And also, Chinese massage called Tui Na is part of East Asian medicine and movement therapy. So things like Tai Chi or Qigong, which are meditative movement practices. So actually, all of that is part of an acupuncture treatment. When somebody comes to see me, I will do. Acupuncture, I'll use several different techniques. I'll give dietary advice. I might prescribe herbs. Uh, I will often prescribe specific movement, um, uh, uh, movements that are part of Qigong uh, that they can do at home to help move their energy. I'm not trained in Tuina, so I don't do twina, but I do other forms of physical body work.
1: That That's awesome. I love how you kind of really laid out beautifully there, how acupuncture is part of that tree of East Asian medicine. And it, it's a lot, there's a, a big, you know, all these roots and all these branches and everything. And um, it's it's definitely something where, I, I we should ask you about um, n- nutrition a little, like I, I don't know if you want to get into general generalities here, but we do have a lot of, Nutritionists are here, right at Cih, that are trained uh, via Muih. What kind of nutrition do you typically recommend as an East Asian medicine practitioner? Um, just, just kind of give us maybe one or two basic concepts of of nutrition from you know your perspective.
0: It's very hard for me to. Uh... Boil it down to one or two things. I, I just deconcoct
1: it in a little herbal tea for us. Yes, please. Thank I, you.
0: I actually, in addition to teaching research, I also teach our Chinese nutrition course. Okay. So.
1: Okay. Well, you there. You go. You have some. You have some uh, credentials for this. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh. What I'll say, Chinese nutrition is different from Western nutrition. So your nutritionists have been trained in Western nutrition. Um, when I talk about Chinese nutrition therapy, first of all, it includes all of the basic advice that you're, that any nutritionist will give to any patient, which is eat whole foods, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, don't overeat, reduce your intake of refined sugar, um, uh, I think I said don't overeat, but you know, your basic good. So, so
1: you're saying buffets with a lot of carbs are not a good thing,
0: ah, <laughs> absolutely. yeah <laughs> so right, that, right. that's very general advice, but very specifically, um, Chinese nutritional therapy actually developed even before herbal medicine, and one of our great uh, Chinese one of our um, ancestors in Chinese medicine, Sun Simiao, uh, who lived in 700 AD, said, "Treat the body first with food. Only after that do you move on to needles." Hmm. You all, you know, and and of course we now understand that proper nutrition is preventive medicine. You know, we,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if we eat properly, we really reduce our chances of getting sick. So uh, Chinese nutritional therapy, though, is based not on macro and micronutrients. It's based on the five tastes that are in food. It's based on the temperature, how the food Makes you feel in terms of temperature? Does it heat you up or cool you down? It's based on how the food makes your energy move in the body and how each particular food has an affinity for a particular organ. So it's a whole art. And at MUIH, we are, all the acupuncturists are trained in Chinese dietary therapy
1: that's great to know i might have to track crack a joke here it might be that food might be epigenetically needling our dna <laughs> <laughs> i had to say that and uh, yeah so we have the food we have the the acupuncture um uh, and I think, you know, I think we can kind of just say that overall acupuncture has been found to be safe and effective, like you said, for a wide variety of research conditions, but also these case studies and these kind of complex cases that may not fit in a, a neat you know, neat, tidy box, right? It's kind of like we have to look at this in a more complex and more nuanced way, and I think acupuncture can really play a great role there as well. One last thing. I want to talk about ear acupuncture because I know that there's some people that are just like, I don't want needles on my body, but, you know, maybe I'm okay with ear auricular acupuncture. What is the role for, say, auricular acupuncture, and maybe if you want to talk about the um, the the NADA protocol a little bit too? Yeah,
0: sure. So um, uh, uh, ear acupuncture or auricular acupuncture is only one of the microsystems in the body. So in East Asian medicine, you can treat the entire body through just treating points on the ear. You can treat the entire body through points on the hands and points on the feet. You can treat the entire body through the on the scalp.
1: now why why is that what's the what's the kind of reasoning behind that
0: because the meridians travel in this circular fashion throughout our whole body reach every corpuscle in our body and the these microsystems ears hands feet scalp it has been found that points on these places because of the meridians and how they travel really can affect all parts of the body
1: yeah yeah that's so that's so, so amazing so amazing. yeah
0: so uh, the um the ear in particular very interesting uh kind of history on auricular acupuncture it was uh discovered accidentally Uh, through uh, by a Hong Kong surgeon when he was doing surgery for an entirely uh, different condition and using, uh, I might be getting this slightly wrong, but but using acupuncture uh, as anesthesia, he discovered that uh, the patient was cured of his addiction is drug addiction, Mm, and so that developed into the NADA protocol, which is the, it's called, stands for the National Association Detoxification, uh, National Acupuncture Detoxification Association, and it is a protocol of using five points on the ear to help in uh, uh, addiction withdrawal of drugs or of alcohol um and and the wonderful thing about this it can be done in a group setting it can be done by trained nada protocol practitioners doesn't so it's less expensive um so the nada protocol is an extremely wonderful uh uh, protocol that can be used um and it can help, it actually helps for many other things besides addiction. Those similar, same points are very similar are used in something called battlefield acupuncture, which is used by our armed services to help soldiers in the field. And of course, in the, uh, the VA hospitals also use uh, battlefield acupuncture. Uh, you know, and this helps with pain uh, that can come from injury, uh, from battle and and surgeries subsequent to injuries. Um, So battlefield acupuncture is another very useful protocol.
1: Thank you so much, Heidi, again. um, So, so great. This is such a great overview here of of acupuncture and all the different kind of wonderful areas that, you know, we can kind of branch out and, and kind of uh you know people can really see see results and uh kind of get some movement of their energy here what is one thing you wish everyone knew everyone listening here knew about acupuncture
0: uh it's safe and effective treats many many conditions of body mind and spirit and you should consider it um uh for really anything that you are feeling is not going well for you in body mind and spirit uh, and it can also be a wonderful way of maintaining health
1: yeah thanks is there a is there a website or websites plural where you can find someone who's credentialed and how do you find yes. an acupuncturist
0: so the uh nccalm.org is our National organization that does certification. So uh, all the acupuncturists that you will find on that website are board certified, nationally board certified. Okay. And I'll also just mention that muih.edu. If you click on Find a Practitioner, you can go to our students' clinic uh, and. Um, and receive really, really excellent uh, acupuncture services from our highly trained and, and well-supervised students.
1: We love MUH. MUH acupuncturists are amazing. And um, I think also, like you said, everyone I've met from MUH has a smile on their face, so it must be doing something right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes.
1: Thank you so much, Heidi, for coming on today. We really appreciate it, and thank you so much. We'll talk soon.
0: Okay, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.